Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Good morning, folks. This is not Terry Wickstrom. You are listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, but this is Ronnie Castellini. I am sitting in for Terry Wickstrom today. It is an absolutely gorgeous Memorial Day weekend out there. Uh, you know, thanks and thoughts and prayers to all the military folks, everybody that's served, everybody that's currently serving. Uh, you're definitely on our minds this weekend, and if they're not, they should be. And if you know a veteran or you know somebody that's served, uh, take them fishing, folks. Get them out on the boat. Have a good time. Get them out. Let's have a good time. Uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Take the, Take the kids out. Somebody, maybe you know somebody who's currently serving, and they've got some kids at home. Offer it up. Let's see if you can get your kids out on the boat while 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 their their dad or their or their mom is is currently serving the country. And uh, let's do that. Let's do that this weekend. Let's all have a good time and appreciate what we got going on. But we are going to get right back to the phones and joining us in his regular time spot, Mr. Nathan Zelinsky from Tightline Outdoors. Nathan, how you doing this morning? I'm doing fantastic, sir, and uh, I'm right there with you. We appreciate everything everybody's done for uh, for our rights, for our country, and uh, for serving this uh, just an amazing place that we all call home. Yeah, absolutely. I love it when I get veterans on the boat. Uh, you know, usually they, they show up for a guide trip, and I don't even realize. And then once we get into to the day of fishing, uh, it's been very common for me to just you know comp them the trip for the for the for the for the day. Once I figure out that they're they're currently serving, you know, I had a special forces guy on the boat last year that came out with his dad, and the minute I realized. He he was active duty special forces. Uh, you know, his day of fishing was on me. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, right away, uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's on me, buddy. Absolutely. It's the least I can do. Uh, Nathan, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. There's a lot of stuff happening this weekend. There's a lot of stuff happening next weekend. The weather is outstanding and the fishing is very, very good right now. Nathan, what do you got going on fishing wise? What do you see? You seeing? know, we've, we've just been talking about that. You know, there's, there's always those times of year and you get three or four little spikes throughout the year. You know, obviously first ice, is one of those spikes and then you know first uh, open water hits but this is kind of one of the the major peaks of the entire year to where literally no matter what you're targeting as long as you put a little bit of energy into understanding the fish understanding the, the situation um the fish are biting I me mean, i look at the this is that time of year where as a guide we're literally bouncing around everywhere you know we're doing a day of lake trout doing a day of rainbows pike walleye bass um, and it's all good right now. So it's one of those times that, you know, we talk about multiple things. You know, I, obviously I think nearest and dearest to my heart, the walleye bike this time of year is probably the thing I put the most emphasis on just because it's so much fun. You, you can go out there, have extremely high number days, catch some really quality fish. You know, as we get into to June, we continue with the numbers game, but we somewhat, I don't want to say lose the size, but we are somewhat, we're, we're going to catch a few less of those real quality fish, but our numbers are great. But, you know, you're at the same boat I am, Ronnie. You, you go to the sports shows you talk to everybody and when everybody talks walleye they're like oh man you got to go to canada and i'm like why do you go to canada they're like we can catch a hundred walleyes a day in canada and you know what you can do that the same thing right here in most of everyone's backyard and across the front range and whether you're fishing boyd chatfield cherry creek i'm on bar today pueblo um we have some tremendous walleye fishing and this time of year you know that water's creeping up there you know in mid 60s getting approaching the 70 here soon and this is when that walleye bite is absolutely phenomenal so there's a there's a ton of species out out there to target. Uh, I would say walleye is probably the nearest and dearest to my heart right now, just because we're doing again such quality fish and such numbers of those fish. Uh, but same thing, the lake trout bite's phenomenal, the pike bite's phenomenal, the bass bite. And you know, we have spawning fish, we have post-spawning fish. Um, it's just a, a tremendous time to be an angler here in Colorado. 
Yeah, it really is. It's that time of year where you know a lot of the lakes, the vegetation is growing in, but it hasn't grown in so thick that it makes it difficult for an unskilled angler to get up near that grass and fish. Uh, we're also seeing, you know, at least in the lakes up north, the, the bulk of the of the fish that we're seeing are relatively shallow right now. They're not very, very deep, so uh, the fish are definitely within contact from the shore. If you're a shore angler, uh, you know most of the fish we've been catching on horse for the last few weeks, they've been eight feet or shallower. And a lot of them have been about a foot to two feet deep. So they're right that, up next to the bank. You know, you're probably awesome. seeing the yeah, same thing, right, Nathan? Absolutely. You know, that's the thing. I think the, the general angler, especially coming off their spring bike, you know, everybody goes into that deeper water. And I think this, this is really the week it happened, um, at least for us. You know, the Chatfields, the Cherry Creek, the Pueblos, it's been, you know, literally the last couple days, the last, you know, five, eight days, where these fish just started pulling up shallow. They were leaving that you know, 18 to 25 foot. Now they're showing up in that. I mean, anywhere we have a lot of fish in the 12 to 16 foot zone and all the lakes I'm at. And we have a lot of fish in that like five to seven foot zone. And I think that's a fish that oftentimes gets overlooked. Um, you know, I think for a lot of reasons, that's a fish that is uh, probably one of the most important to not overlook for two reasons. Number one, generally speaking, we almost always find our biggest fish in the shallowest water. And that's almost regardless for everything, you know, for, for big lake trout, for big pike. If you take the, the general species that they're living in as far as their depth range if you cut that down and go to the shallowest portion that those fish are in uh generally speaking that's going to be some of the largest fish of that species in that area and also they're generally speaking the most aggressive so you can really find yourself getting more aggressive bites easier fish to catch um and a lot of times more quality fishing out there so with that being said especially on a on a day you know where you're catching a lot of fish it's hard for anglers to abandon biting fish and we see that so much and you know we play that game a lot especially at cherry creek and chatfield we're so lucky to fish on a fish that has so many fish and you'll go out there and you run into you know the same guys whether they're you know old or new or young whatever um and they'll, they'll always complain they're like man we caught 25 fish 30 fish and only one keeper or no keeper and everybody wants to take home these walleyes to eat but yet you see them out there and they're doing the same live bait rigs or the same routine and they're just pulling through fish hoping to get that one that, that just barely pushes the mark the uh, when in reality <laughs> if you can learn to abandon those fish i'm not saying it's you know worse every time but generally speaking you go wherever your numbers of fish are the mass numbers of fish go a little shallower than that and all of a sudden you're going to increase that size increase that aggressive you're going to get whether it's just a couple year older fish or switching from males to females uh but it's dramatically going to increase the the overall quality of your fish and that's really the things that i think a lot of anglers struggle with because once they start catching fish especially when you start having those 30, 40, 50 fish days, a lot of people struggle to abandon that bike. It's fun. It's entertaining. And they just keep telling themselves in their head, man, the next one, the next one's going to be big. You hear it all the time. Um, when in reality, you are just on a pile of those, uh, you know, those mature males or semi-mature males. Um, and in reality, you have to abandon that to, to really find those more quality fish. But that's that shallow water bite that exists right now everywhere up and down the front range. So uh, if you're out there listening to this or going to go out in the next couple of days, uh, give that shallow water bite a try. I'll promise you it'll, it'll blow your mine for sure now you guide way more for walleyes than i do nathan so you know my knowledge you know definitely i do walleye trips and we run through a whole lot of them up on horse tooth and carter and boyd but I, i'm also kind of pointed towards the bass this time of year as opposed to the walleyes uh, you know one of the things i really like this time of year as far as fishing for largemouth or smallmouth and that kind of thing is that they'll bite a variety of presentations this time of year 
Is that what you're seeing for the walleyes as well, or are they really kind of focused in on one sort of presentation? Nope, absolutely. You can do anything with them, and that's what's great. So we have we have cast and crankbait bites. We have troll and crankbait bites. We have a lot of the traditional live bait rigs, you know, Lindy rigs and slow death rigs and things like that that are fishing very well. And then obviously the jig bite shallow and throwing jigs. We're throwing everything from curly tails to just lead heads with bait. We're throwing a lot of paddle tails, um, and all that kind of stuff is working really well. And I'll tell you, the thing we've kind of been doing a lot of, um, you know, my guys actually do it a lot more than me, Devin and Will and Matt. Um, we fish a lot of paddle tails this time of year, and really it's it's just for the fact of a lot of anglers that might not be super comfortable with the jig. Yes. If you take a, a customer and you tell them, hey, we're going to be fishing three to five feet today, um, and we try to give them a little bit oversized jig just so they have control. If an angler doesn't have control of their presentation, oftentimes leads uh, to not really having a lot of success. So we run like a quarter-ounce head or even a three-eighths ounce head on, on some sort of paddle tail body, you know, like a, like a habit grass pig. Um, we're running that three-and-a-half-inch body, put it on there, and where most customers are, are where most jig fishermen are, are pulling the jig on a jig stroke, and they're stroking that bait up and then stroking that bait down, um, a lot of times people will miss bites as a, as a walleye makes contact as that bait falls down, and it can get frustrating. But this time of year in that shallow water, you can run those paddle tails, and you can really just hold your rod at a 45 and you can just do three cranks on the reel stop and let it flutter back down three cranks on the reel and let it flutter down instead of getting this really kind of up and down stroke you almost get a swimming you know motion that holds that bait you know three to five inches off the bottom right in that key strike zone Um, and it catches a lot of fish so we're seeing a lot of that this time of year where those big fish just move shallow they're aggressive fishing a little bit bigger presentation with that three and a half inch body and then we're doing a lot of educational trips for for anglers teaching them how to jig fish Um, and we're doing a lot of that swimming presentation it's uh it's absolutely dynamite right now literally everywhere across the front range yeah i've always called that scratching the bottom you know you're just trying to <laughs> stay stay near it you're not necessarily bouncing it straight up you're not necessarily yep. dragging it on the bottom but you're just reeling it fast enough and you're letting it kind of pendulum and swing towards you as it comes off the bank and you're just trying to scratch that bottom and feel it every now and then and and just like you're saying i know when clients are you know looking at me and telling me well i'm not feeling bottom I, i'm having trouble feeling it i don't know what i well it's because you know we're near the bottom usually <laughs> <laughs> exactly it. You know, people don't realize when a walleye is in hunting mode, I mean, they don't want to cast a shadow. I mean, they are literally a sniper in the grass. When a walleye is sitting on structure, they'll sit literally belly on the ground or they'll sit a, you know, a half inch off the ground. They sit low to where they're not an obvious target as bait fish approach them. So they sit low. The average walleye sitting on structure, you know, their mouth is literally sitting three to four inches off bottom. That's where their mouth is sitting. So if you swim that bait, you know, that five, six inches off bottom, you make it literally effortless on the fish to take that bait. And anytime you cater to the fish and make it easy on them, your your overall increased rate of catch just goes through the roof. So that technique uh, is pretty dynamite. If you haven't done it, we uh, we strongly should, you know, say give it a try. Um, and with that being said, talking about bass, we have our bass obsession event at Pueblo next weekend. Um, we've had, you know, quite a few bass tournaments at Pueblo. This is the latest we've ever had one of our bass tournaments. We usually run them in April, early May. Uh, we run them a lot in October, November, but this is our first time ever having a June event. Um, and I'll tell you, it's exciting because we have so many options of how these guys are going to catch fish and, you know, different options of fish, you know, in and out the spawn cycles and largemouth and, you know, spots and smallmouth. There's just, there's a whole gamut of, of you know, techniques that's going to be at Pueblo next weekend for this bass tournament. Uh, so we're very excited to see what's going to, what's going to unfold on that. And as Pueblo, we've seen largemouth take this tournament for the bass fishing event. We've seen smallmouth win this event out there. So uh, it'll be really exciting in anybody's game to see what happens next weekend at Pueblo Reservoir. Yeah, that's one of the very cool things about Pueblo Reservoir is that it offers up a lot of different sorts of structure. Yeah, depending on water level, there, there's a lot of cover 
in the lake as well when the water's high and the trees are all in the water, that kind of a thing. But you can kind of pick your poison and sort of run around and do whatever you want to do. You want to fish a creek arm, then you're more than welcome to run up some of those river arms that are running in. If you want to fish main lake stuff, you're going to be able to do that. Uh, the spots, you know, the spotted bass, that's really one of the only spots in the state that we can go to and really get into those spots. And uh, if you haven't caught a spotted bass, uh, they're a lot of fun, Nathan, because when they blast something right off the bat, they blast it hard, right, buddy? They are so full of energy. I tell you what, it's absolutely incredible. With that being said, you know, we so Pueblo right now, like if you went there today, you're going to get almost a five-degree temperature swing from the far west end of the reservoir to the far east end of the reservoir. So there's a pretty massive change, and it's nice because some of those fish that are in the back of those coves are really getting those hot rocks. Um, we've had a lot of fish that are that are wrapping up spawn, and they're, they're very well recovered. Um, and some of those fish are super aggressive, and we have a lot of guys out there throwing topwater um, and just absolutely annihilating, especially some of those more aggressive fish at first light. Um, and it's neat to see that aggression just start, you know, this early. Season. So it's nice about Pueblo is you can really, like you said, you can make it anybody's game. You know, you can find your strengths at that reservoir, whether you are, you know, shallow water fisherman, deep fisherman, whatever your tactic is. Right now, at this point in time, you can almost find anything uh, if you look hard enough and find the different water levels, find the different stages of fish. Um, and it's neat to see. So again, yeah, and that, and that uh, registration, I just got a text on my phone. Uh, registration is open that till uh, Friday, or excuse me, Thursday evening at 6 p.m. So the registration for Bass Obsession at Pueblo next Saturday uh, is open until this Thursday at 6 p.m. If everybody still wants to register and uh, check out that event, it goes from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. next Saturday at Pueblo. We'll be at the South Boat Room if anybody wants to come to weigh in and, uh, and kind of check it out and see what's going to take to take the cake. Now, Nathan, we we have a couple more minutes real fast. Um, this year, especially in northern Colorado, it really seemed like everything was running a couple weeks ahead as far as just kind of the, the general schedule that we kind of adhere to as far as where the fish are going to move to and where they're coming from and all that kind of stuff. Is that kind of the same? Were you seeing that as well down here with spawning cycles and things like that? Yeah, or? Absolutely. You know, our, our walleye were way ahead of the game. Chatfield's walleye were about three weeks ahead of the game, uh, which is absolutely incredible. We had a, a massive spawn in February, which is as early as we've ever seen it. So the, the spawns like Chapel was extremely early. Cherry Creek was a little bit more normal. Uh, Pueblo is a little bit more normal, just a little ahead of schedule. Uh, but we actually were delayed in our post-spawn to where on the average time, um, generally speaking, I would say that right now is about when these fish are always pulling up on structure, you know, maybe three, four days ago. Um, so really, we are right on schedule with the traditional structure-style fishing. So we spawned early, we post-spawned early, so everything was ahead. And then that post-spawn, really, we, that's when we had all that rain, that cooler temperature had some snow, um, and it kind of slowed things down and kind of brought everything back to a very normal calendar year. So if I look at my my traditional techniques, my traditional where the fish should be, all that type stuff, um, we are right on on plane for what we've always almost been. Uh, so starting off with an extremely early year, now we're kind of fading out and kind of bringing it right back into normal, uh, which is nice. So it just kind of extended that big fish season for us in that that early spring. Uh, but right now, I think everything is, is right on schedule. Where if you track your days, you track all your stuff. Uh, at least if you're fishing a lot of the waters that I fish, you know, your pike at Spinny 11-mile terrier, like your rainbows, you know, at Antero and Spinny and your walleyes, Chapel Cherry Creek, Bubble Bar, things like that, uh, your calendar should fall right in line with what these fish are doing, what, they, what they've done, at least that I've tracked them for the last 18 years. So everything's kind of falling right in place despite uh, the super early spring. Mr. Nathan Zielinski with Tightline Outdoors, folks. If folks want to find out some more information about the Bass Obsession event or getting a guide trip or anything like that, how do they get a hold of you? 
Absolutely. Everybody can go to tightlineoutdoors.com. Just go to our website, check that out. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff for Father's Day, so you want to make a great gift for Father's Day, shoot us an email. Um, and all our information for trips is there. Everything for the Bass Obsession event series is there. Uh, and you can also join us on our live feeds every Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. So if you want to interact with us, you want your specific questions answered, uh, always watch Tightline Outdoors on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Uh, join us for that live feed. You can also go to the uh, Bass Pro National page to watch that feed. Uh, and join us there and ask your questions. And, uh, Ronnie, I appreciate you bringing me on today. Nate, thank Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right, folks, and we're going to get into a break. You're listening to Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Sandy Clef here to tell you about SCL Mortgage Special Circumstance Lending, locally owned and operated. And if you're self-employed or work on commission, this is the place for you. Bank statement loans are back. You don't need tax returns to do your loan. In some cases, the bank statement loans can be done with credit scores in the low 600s. MySpecialMortgage.com on the web, 303-790-2222. The phone number, SCL Mortgage, licensed by the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies, number 120. 12- You're listening to Terry Wicks from Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan, and we're going to get right back to the phones and joining us from Northern Colorado. He's a good friend of mine. He's a fellow uh, guide up there. He's a radio fill-in guy. He's a TV host. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Mr. Chad Lachance. Chad, how you doing this morning? Well, I'm doing pretty good, Ron, but that's all lies and propaganda. That's all we spread. I just want everyone to know that. But <laughs> no, we're, we're doing great. It's a beautiful morning. It's Memorial Day weekend, and I uh, want to say thanks to all of those who, uh, who have served the country for us and um, hanging at the lake today and uh, and enjoying the freedoms they've given us. You're outside in this kind of weather. What are you doing? Well, but I got the camp chef cranked up smoking. I got a six-pound picnic shoulder on there and a bunch of beef ribs as well. So about the time you're done with your radio duties there, filling in for Mr. Wickstrom, you might make your way north and come by for some... So I will be swinging by Chad's house on the way home, folks. There's no, <laughs> no, no doubt about it. Chad, now we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on. You know, it's a busy weekend, but you have a really busy weekend coming up next uh, next weekend. Uh, what do you got going on, Chad? What do we got doing? What oh, are we doing? Oh, man. That's one of my favorite weekends of the year. Of course, it's free fishing weekend in Colorado next weekend. And Sweet. So you, uh, you have no excuse to knock it out and fish. And next weekend is all about volunteering time and efforts, and I know you'll be part of it as well. But uh, I think you probably talked on the radio a little bit earlier with Mr. Bill Wilson and talked a little bit about cast. Um, did you guys go over that? We did. We covered cast, but go ahead. You know, let folks know you're going to be involved with that. You do that every year. And, uh, you know, how rewarding is that event for you? Uh, it's one of my favorite events of the year. It's one of the only events I managed to somehow figure out how to make every single year. And uh, I've missed it one time, I think, in the last 14 years. And uh, it's it's just a great – I mean, if you have a boat and you like to fish and you in any way, shape, or form uh, want to feel some, some great reward, uh, take some of these developmentally disabled kids out in the boat for a few hours and uh, and, and you'll find a tourist joint fishing. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, and, and people can get information about that. I'm sure you put that out there. But CAST is a really – really neat event that's run all over the entire country um they do i think a couple hundred of them a year and uh it's a well-run event all the way around and bill wilson and all the volunteers at Bureau reclamation everybody that gets involved with it here locally really it really runs clean up uh, Lenormand county does a great job with hosting that event as well here here at the the uh, south bay pavilion and uh overall it's, it's just one of the most fun events of the year and my goal this year is to catch the smallest fish with my kids we always uh that's one of the prizes is the smallest fish and those kids uh, a lot of times 
run. As much fun trying to catch the small ones as the big ones. Sweet. And that is June 2nd up at Horsetooth Reservoir. Now, June 3rd, we have another event happening. It's kind of a brainchild of yours. We've been doing it for several years now. Let's talk a little bit about Fishful Thinker Fish Fest happening. There you go. Fish Fest. Sixth annual Fish Fest. We've been doing this for a while now. And, uh, you know, Fish Fest started as a kind of a way just to gather everybody together and start talking about fishing in general. And it just sort of, then we figured, well, geez, we need a cause. And so youth mentoring groups was always a, a, has been our cause. And this year, for the fourth year in a row, it'll be the Boys and Girls Club of Larimer County. They'll get all the proceeds. And uh, and it's also at South Bay Pavilion at Horsetooth Reservoir. Larimer County was gracious enough to donate the use of the pavilion to us for the day. And Silvermine Subs provided lunch. And B. Stiffen Sons, which is a subsidiary of Oscar Blues Brewing Company. I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard of Oscar Blues. Well, B. Stiffen Sons does their colas. So they do uh, root beer. They do uh, they do cream soda. They do orange soda or orange cream soda. They do uh, ginger beer. They do a black cherry soda. So they're providing all of those for, for uh, to go along with lunch as well. And then a whole bunch of companies came came on board again this year to help us out with uh, with the raffle prizes. And of course, that's how we go about raising money: is we sell lunch for five bucks, and we do the raffle tickets are two for five bucks. And the raffle prizes include everything from cast iron, you know, a cast iron kit from Camp Chef, like an eight piece kit, to Berkeley reels and rods and line and baits and lures and Abu Garcia stuff and Airhead inflatable. Uh, Folks are probably familiar with Airhead from their towables or inflatables or stand-up paddle boards. Uh, they've got some items for us as well. Peterson Toyota is a big one on this. Sportsman's Warehouse always donates a bunch of stuff for it. Uh, Bullhide 4x4 here in Fort Collins donates a bunch of stuff for it. So we'll have an entire table covered with raffle prizes that, that folks can win. And then in keeping with the tradition of Fishful Thinker, we're all about education, Ryan. Right? You know that. And, uh, and so we've got a whole bunch of education stuff that's a component for maybe the hardcore fishermen that want to show up as well. So uh, Dan Swanson, fellow fiscal thinker guy, Dan Swanson, who's one of the premier authorities on, on sonar GPS, he'll be doing a, a, a short presentation on, on those items, sonar GPS use in your fishing. Of course, you, you Ronnie, will be doing the finesse jigging deal. I'm going to do a casting, uh, both conventional and spinning tackle uh, casting demonstration. And um, we've got uh, Erica Lee uh, who from Born to Fish Media. He's going to come up and bring his kayaks and show us how they set those up for fishing. He's one of the top kayak anglers in the state, and he's going to show us how they come in and, uh, and, and set their kayaks up. And Connor Floyd's even coming over from the Western Slope. That's, uh, he's from Apex Sport Fishing over there, and he's going to give us a rundown on all the Western Slope fisheries over there. So places we don't necessarily get to talk a lot about, like Rudai Reservoir and Rifle Gap and Harvey Gap and all the places that he guides over there, kind of destination trips. So a little bit of education, a little bit of food, and of course the, the fun part of the whole thing is all the kids fishing at the lake. You can fish right there from the pavilion. And uh, I think the record at this point is about an eight or nine pound trout that's been caught at uh, at Fish Fest. But every year we catch tons of fish, and it's just a, it's an absolute blast. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We get a lot of kids lined up around the rocks. We, we get a lot of adults lined up around the rocks fishing while we're doing this event. So we encourage everybody to bring some fishing gear with them. Uh, we do have some rods available and that kind of a thing there, but we don't have a you know a whole ton of them. So uh, go ahead and bring some fishing gear with you. You know, plan on being at the lake for the day and doing some shore fishing and having a good time. I know we get other people that show up and bring their own paddle boards as well, or show up and bring their own kayaks and that kind of a thing. So we encourage all of that. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, 
Uh, we're going to do some seminars, like Chad mentioned, and kind of do some education out there for everybody to see. I also believe we're going to have our boats there, so it's an outstanding opportunity to, to check out some of these fancy rangers, and we're going to talk a little bit about that more here in the next segment when Chad stays on and joins us here in, in, going forward here in a few minutes. But, uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun with it. There's no doubt about it. It's an excellent opportunity to be at the lake outside, you know, and it's, it's always a bunch of people that are like-minded, and, and, you know, it turns out to be a you know a good event every single year right chad yeah yeah absolutely and that's what it, the like-minded part of it's a good way to put it that was kind of what got the whole thing going it's just hey let's all let's all go to the lake and talk fishing and it just sort of ballooned out from there as as it developed ahead of steam so if if people want to get information about it they can go to fishbowlthinker.com there's a the blog published there that's got all the information where you can get lunch tickets like i said lunch is five bucks for silver mine sub a bag of chips and uh and one of the beef stiff and sun sodas the raffle tickets are five bucks for two of them the cheapest prizes we have are six bucks and they go up from there to several hundred so you if you win anything your raffle will pay for itself and uh and yeah so it's a really fun event all the way around the boats will be there and we do encourage people to bring tackle, bring questions, bring kids, uh, whatever you want. But we do want people to pre-register if at all possible because the, we are limited to the first 200 people. So if you're thinking you're going to come up, go ahead and, and register, get your lunch tickets, lunch tickets, so that we know you can do that at fishfulthinker.com. We've been posting it on the on the Fishful Thinker Facebooks and uh, and things like that as well. So uh, get your tickets ahead of time, and we look forward to seeing everybody there. Perfect. So now Chad's going to hold on. We're going to take it to a break, folks. And when we come back, we're going to talk talk with Chad a little bit more about you know uh, something that that I experienced this year and Chad experiences it every year. It seems like since I've known him, yeah. it's about you know you know choosing to buy a new boat and some of the things you want to think about and how to go about doing that. So once we get back from the break, we're going to talk about that. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and take it to the break. You're listening to Terry Wicks from Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Oh, say can you? By the dawn's early light I don't know if I can talk over this, Kyle. I feel like I should stand up and salute, but I mean, it's, you know, it is Memorial Day weekend and we're definitely celebrating that, folks. And uh, you are listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. And we're going to go right back and, and continue talking to Mr. Chad Lachance. He was nice enough to hold over the break for us. Chad, how you doing still? You doing all right there? The beautiful weather you're having up at Horsetooth? Oh man, it couldn't get any prettier today, honestly, Ronnie. It uh, it is absolutely stunningly beautiful, and surprisingly, the lake's a little bit quieter than I expected it would be today. So it's uh, doing doing pretty good. Outstanding. Now, what we wanted to cover in this segment, folks, is something that's you know been on my mind. It's something I experienced this last winter. Uh, I've owned a lot of boats over my life, but I've usually bought used boats, you know, which kind of lends you towards buying a boat that somebody else had set up. But this year, it was my first opportunity. You know, I got together with. Crowley Marine out on West Colfax there and uh, got myself into a brand new Ranger Z-185 with a really, really cool Evinrude E-Tech G2 on the back. Uh, you know, Chad, you've got a lot of experience with buying a new boat. This was a new thing for me, and it's it's something that a lot of people don't have a lot of experience with. So let's talk about some of the pitfalls and some of the things you want to do when you're thinking about purchasing a new boat, Chad. Yeah, no worries. Um, and, and as you're finding out, Ron, buying a new boat is a little bit more of a process than what a lot of people realize. And what 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 
people need to remember when you're buying a boat is boats are not built like cars where they build 500,000 of a model. You know, Ranger boats, they build like 6,000 boats a year total. So uh, there's it's not quite as refined of a process. There's a lot more customization that goes into it, a lot more options um, that the, as a boat buyer that you're going to you're gonna end up probably uh, debating on. And then keep in mind, a lot of that stuff comes from different manufacturers. So Ranger makes the boat, Evanard makes the motor, you know, Lawrence makes electronics, somebody else makes the grass or the, the trolling motors, things like that. Whereas if you go buy a car, it's all, you know, it's all produced by the same manufacturer. So the reason that's important is all those items need to be chosen carefully to match the boat uh, and match your specific fishing. And, and I think the single biggest one you kind of alluded to right off the bat, we're in Colorado. We have a high elevation horse reservoir right now, 5,415 feet in elevation. What that does is rob your motor of horsepower which means whatever the Coast Guard rating is on whatever boat it is you're going to buy, whatever the max motor horsepower rating is for that boat, you should put it on there because that boat is not going to make that horsepower at this elevation. So a boat might be fine, like like your boat, Ronnie, might be fine with a 130 down at sea level, but it's certainly not going to be up here. It needs the 150. Same with my boat. Get the maximum amount of power you can get on the back of the motor and get it when you buy the boat right off the bat. The, another one, and I think it's it's related, and since this is an outdoor show, we'll talk a little bit about it real quick, is the trolling motor. And this is probably the smartest decision you made as well, Ron, is to upgrade to the biggest trolling motor that you can get. No one ever complained about having too much trolling motor power. No one ever complained about having too much controllability in the wind or the current. And, uh, and those are really important things. And no one ever complained about having too much battery power. So a 36-volt trolling motor uh, will last you a lot longer and a lot, uh, you know, let you run the boat in windy places like you know spinny or someplace that you might want to go and be out in the wind all day or, or up in antero where the wind blows a lot or north park you know well a big trolling motor is going to save you a lot so the first thing i think of is get the biggest gas motor that the boat's rated for and the biggest trolling motor that your bank account is rated for yeah chad you know like we mentioned this was my first opportunity to really embark on purchasing a new boat and there's a few things that i want to recommend to people i can't tell you how important it is is to get with the right dealership um if you're going to buy a boat locally here from a dealer you know uh I, this was my first year at the boat show this last uh, this last winter you know i went to the boat show for the first time this year and, and got to check all that out and i walked around that whole show chad and looked at all those different boat dealers and everything like that and coming at it from the point as a as an angler as a fisherman as a guide uh there was absolutely no other dealership there that i wanted to deal with other than crowley marine it was a no-brainer when i saw all the different setups and ever all the boats that were displayed all the other dealers had ski boats with you know subwoofers hanging off of them and lights and all that kind of stuff and if that's what you're in for then those are definitely the people to look for but if you are an angler if you're an outdoors person if you're looking for a, a bass boat a walleye boat or a crossover something like a ranger riata that can kind of do all of the above plus get some skiers out behind it all that crowley marine is going to be the people to deal with in colorado you've got way more experience with crowley than i do chad i mean what, what's been your experience with crowley well, I'll be dead honest with you. I got handed to Crowley. I was already with Ranger Boats and Evinrude and Lawrence, and I had no prior experience with Crowley Marine. And this was uh, eight years ago now. And I do, as you alluded to, I get a new Ranger boat every year. So does Dan Swanson, uh, who guides with us. And, uh, you know, I, I set the boat up. We, we 
We buy the boat, set the whole boat up, fish out of it all year, film the TV show, do some guiding, and sell it at the end of the year. That's my standard standard deal every year. And so when Crowley Marine took over for Ranger Boats here in Colorado, I kind of got handed to Crowley Marine, and I was nervous about it, Ronnie. I'll be honest with you, but they have turned about turned out to be about the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Uh, those guys, they fish. That's yep. important. You know, Brent loves to fish. You know, Keith loves to fish. The owner loves to fish. The guys that are working on boats, they're fish. And Scotty loves to fish. And those are important things because they understand what it's like to be in a fishing boat day in and day out. They understand that, you know, wires that are run wrong or run in, a, in you know, a, an inconvenient spot are not going to help your day on the water. They sure, absolutely. The setup stuff is. And, and that's why it's so important to go Crowley. Yeah, and they understand the wear and tear that you're going to take, you know, utilizing these things, you know. Uh, they understand how to how to put that motor on properly so that it doesn't come loose and the nuts aren't loose and, and, and how to get that trolling motor secured to the front of the bow and how to run those wires and get those electronics secured and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I've had a great time here dealing with Crowley for the last six months or so since I decided to go ahead and make that purchase. Now, you know, dealing with Crowley and knowing you, I was definitely, you know, I, truthfully, Chad, I was always jealous that every single year you were riding around in one of these brand new Ranger boats, uh, you know, and of course you're, you're driving the flagship. There's no doubt about it. If you see Mr. Lachance's bass boat on the water, he's got the latest and greatest of everything on there. And it makes sense. They're advertising with him. They're showing this boat on television. Uh, that's kind of part of Chad's job. So, uh, you know, but for me, what I was excited about is that when, once I really started shopping and looking at boats that I wanted to purchase, I was happy to find that Ranger they had an affordable model that I could get into, Chad. You know, I didn't have to go spend seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars. I was able to get into a, a you know a really, really luxurious Z one eighty five, which is you know gorgeous. And because of the option packages that they had, Chad, uh, the standard options were pretty much all I needed. You know, they had a whole bunch of different things I could add to the boat. And I did opt to add a few things and I definitely opted to upgrade the motor and went with that Evinru G2. And I definitely, like you mentioned, upgraded that trolling motor. But, you know, I kind of, I was coming at it from the angle that I wanted to get into an affordable boat. I wanted to be at it at the right price so that I wasn't, you know, completely upside down for the rest of my life. Those Ranger boats, the resale on those things is, is outstanding. You could own one for several years and you can practically sell it for the same price you bought it for. So, you know, it's a very cool thing, and uh, I was excited about getting into Ranger, Chad, and you've got all the experience with Ranger. I mean, you've been really, really impressed with them over the years, right? Well, yeah, I've been to the Ranger Boat School, uh, I think, five or six times, which means you go down to the Ranger factory, and this is a really tough job, Ron, but it's a, it's a tough one. But Somebody's got to do it. You've got to drive all the different models of fishing boats with all the different models of engines. So if somebody's got a question, they say, well, geez, I, I like Ranger, but but you know, I'm, I'm curious about you know some other make of motor. Well, I've driven it, I promise you. If it came with it, if it's available on a Ranger boat, I've driven it. So it could be a Yamaha, Mercury, whatever. If, if you can get one on a Ranger, I've driven it. My preference is the G2 Evinrude as well because of the torque that they make uh, and the, the drivability. The and the, they're so quiet, Chad. It, Chad, it's they're quiet, they're, super low emissions, the whole nine yards. It's, it's incredible how quiet that engine is. Uh, you know, I told you that once you started getting those G2s, you know, you'd pull up to the boat ramp to, to, to pick me up after we'd launch it and I couldn't hear the motor running. Every single client I have walking down to the boat ramp, you know, walking down to the dock, they're like, I can't hear your motor. You know, I didn't even know it was on. You know, and it's, it's uh, once you get into one of the boats up here and you run one of those G2s, uh, it's just an incredible engine. You know, it's like you're driving a Porsche out there. It's, it's, it makes me very, very happy. 
Right. And, you know, you did the one thing that was smart with your boat. You're buying your boat for a long-term deal. I buy my boat knowing I'm going to sell it, but yours is a long-term deal. So you upgraded the stuff that's hard to upgrade in the beginning. So, in other words, you got the motor and the trolling motor, the big, the tough things, the expensive things. You got those in the beginning. But over the long run, you forego some things that you can add at your convenience exactly. along the way. Electronics are easy to upgrade along the way. Yes. You know, things like interior lighting, you know, whatever bells and whistles, you can add those things along the way. I buy my boat fully set up and ready to go. If a guy buys my boat, it is set up and ready to go no matter what level you're fishing at. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, that everybody needs to go do that. Keep in mind, you and I run the Ranger Z boats. Dan Swanson runs the, the FS you know, uh, uh, walleye boats. Uh, but they also have the Riatas, which are far more popular in Colorado. And the Riata series of boats is great for a guy who wants to fish, but also might take the wife and kids out or, or maybe doesn't want to fish real hard, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. So there's a series of boats for everybody involved. But get the big motors uh, at both ends of the boat. Get the max battery power. Um, Try to put your ego aside when you're buying the boat. That was another thing you did smart. It's pretty easy to say, well, the 20-footer is good, but the 21's better. Well, maybe it doesn't fit in your garage or your budget in the long run. Don't stretch yourself too thin on the boat, but uh, but just make sure you get the bases covered. And something else we can highly recommend is that if you are thinking about purchasing a new boat and you're thinking about looking at Ranger and you want to kind of get a get some experience out on a boat, maybe you don't know if you want a bass boat. Maybe you don't know if you want a walleye boat. Maybe you know, you're not real sure. Uh, hire a guide. Get yourself a guide, somebody like me, Chad, or Dan, or you know any of the guys down here, somebody that's running a new boat, one of the models, one of the styles that you're thinking about getting. Get out on the boat for a day with them, and that will absolutely help your decision process. You'll get on the water experience with it. Everybody wants to go for test drives on boat, Chad, but uh, test fishing from the boat is far more important, in my opinion, than the test drive and the ride around the lake. So get out there with a guide, experience the boat for the day, and you're going to be happier in the long run when you go through all those scenarios right chad yeah, no doubt. And then, you know, boats, like you said, it's, you can't really test drive them in most cases. If you're going to buy a used boat, I strongly recommend trying to get a test drive in it if you can. But yeah, you can't test drive them. I, I used to be in the motorcycle business as well. And same thing, we didn't let people take off on this brand new sport bike because they might not get back in one piece on it. You never know. And uh, and the boats, the same thing, a little bit of risk involved. So they don't let you do that. So going out with somebody that's got the boat is key. I mean, you have a prime example of you got a friend that came out. He looked at buying my boat, rode around in it, said, man, this thing's a Ferrari but I don't need a Ferrari. I, you know, I, I need a, a BMW, and he went and bought a Riata instead. And uh, and I think that that was a smart play on his behalf. It fits his needs better. But had he went and bought a bass boat right off the bat, he would have been bummed. And, uh, and that's a key thing to keep in mind. Chad, if people want to get a hold of you, contact information? Fishbowlthinker.com is the easiest or at any social media, at Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Fishbowlthinker. And please, 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 people, join up and, uh, and come see us at Fishbowls 2018. That's June 3rd, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Horse Tooth. You can register at Fishbowlthinker.com. Mr. Chad Lachance, thank you for, for joining us today, Chad. All right. Thanks, Ron. Have a good day. All right, folks. And we're going to get it to a break. You're listening to Terry Wicks from Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. You 
You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. I am Ronnie Castelloni. I am filling in for Terry today on this absolutely beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Uh, the weather outside is outstanding. Get outside, folks. Get outside and enjoy it. We're going to have a great weekend. Definitely give thanks and, and knowledge and appreciation to all the folks that have served over the years, all the ex-military, all the current military. If you happen to see anybody walking around and it's obvious that they are uh, military or ex-military or have some sort of attachment, uh, thank them for their service. Thank their wives for their service. Thank their kids for for putting up with the fact that their parents are gone a lot of the times and all that. It's all a very, very big deal. It's a sacrifice they make for us so that we can go out and live the way we live. Also, thank the police officers and the firemen. You know, you run into any police officers this weekend, thank them for their service. Those folks do a lot for us and it's it's just that kind of weekend where we should appreciate all that and thank everybody for what they do for us. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just take this opportunity here in this last segment. This is, you know, usually when I call into the show. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in northern Colorado as far as the fishing goes. Uh, let's start off talking about Carter Lake. Uh, we do guide on Carter Reservoir, Carter Lake up there in Loveland, Colorado. Uh, the walleye fishing has been very, very good over the last few weeks. Uh, people have been out catching those walleyes, but it tends to be that they're catching them either late in the evening or early in the morning. Low light conditions tend to be best, and that's kind of common on that lake. Uh, if you get out there in the middle of summer and it's bright and sunny out, it's not that you can't catch fish. It tends to be we are able to catch them, but we really have to trigger reaction strikes to get those walleyes to play during the day. As it gets later or if it's real early in the morning, they tend to be in more of that feeding mode. So you're able to catch them on a variety of presentations. Uh, jerk baits usually work on Carter pretty much all throughout the year. It's just going to depend on what kind of depth you're working those jerk baits and how fast you're working them. And the jigging bite is definitely picking up on Carter right now. So you're going to get out there and you're going to be able to jig some of those walleyes on some of that deeper structure. And uh, guys are having success doing some trolling and bottom bouncers and all that kind of good stuff that walleye guys like to do. Now, let's talk about some of the other lakes. And truthfully, these are the lakes I spend a lot more time on than Carter. Boyd Lake. Let's talk about Boyd Lake. Boyd Lake right now, water level is very, very high. It's outstanding. It's awesome to see. They opened the floodgates a few weeks back, and they pumped a bunch of water into Boyd over the last two weeks. Uh, it's awesome. The lake is very, very full. It's all the way up. It's to flood stage. The trees, the bushes, everything have water on them. Uh, it's a really, really cool lake when you see that lake all the way full. It's completely different than when it's drawn down. There's way more structure when the water's high. There's way more cover in the lake when the water's high. Now, you do have to change some of your approaches when the water gets high like this because there's a lot of vegetation under the water, a lot of bushes, a lot of snaggy stuff. So, on that lake right now, if you're targeting the largemouth, you're targeting the walleye, you're targeting the smallmouth, they're going to be up around that stuff. They may be on the edges of those grass lines. They may be all the way up in the bushes, right in the middle of them. Uh, they're going to be in a variety of areas, but it's going to be about choosing presentations that you can work through that cover. So you're going to want to be Texas rigging your, your soft plastic so that they're very, very weedless and you can come through there. Surface, surface presentations are very good this time of year, and they're just going to keep getting better as we get into summer and as more of that grass grows in. Uh, that that's one of the lakes I love to guide on for using a frog or something right on the top, a buzz bait. That's my buzz bait lake right there. That's also where I like to use a lot of poppers in and around that, a lot of walking baits, whopper ploppers, things like that. All of those presentations are going to shine this time of year, and they're just going to keep getting better and better. And most of those are very, very weedless. You can throw them up around that kind of stuff, and you'll be able to work that through those sort of things. So that's important on Boyd. I know the walleyes have been sitting out a little bit deeper than the largemouth um, or the smallmouth. We've been seeing the walleyes on the grass 
edges, some of that aquatic grass. So if you are trolling or you're out there working bottom bouncers, look for that grass on your electronics and try to find an edge and get out on that edge. That's where you're going to find those walleyes this time of year. Now, real fast, let's talk about horse tooth reservoir. We've talked about that a little bit so far today. Horse tooth. Water level is up at a pretty good height, but the lake is not all the way full. We're maybe 15 vertical feet from full pool, uh, but there's plenty of water in the lake. It's not low by any means. There's a lot of water. All the coves have water in them. There's a lot of lot of great fishing to be done. And, and truthfully, as far as angling goes, uh, the lake might even fish easier when the water's not all the way up. Um, I definitely know from guiding that you know when the trees and everything are submerged up there, that people that can't cast very very accurately struggle in those conditions. When the lake's down like it is right now, uh, there's very few bushes that are actually in horse tooth that are in the water right now. None of the big trees are submerged right now, so. You kind of have a more wide open bank. It's a little easier to approach, and and the fish definitely get you know kind of kind of grouped up more when the lake's not all the way full. So uh, the fishing right now, as far as the walleye goes, they just sampled the lake, and uh, from my understanding, the average size walleye, the average size walleye that they netted in horse tooth over the last few days doing sampling was four to six pounds. That's what the walleyes look like in horse tooth right now. They may not be very easy to catch during the day because they are very well fed, but there's a lot of them. The smallmouth are kind in and around the spawn so you want to kind of pay attention to the fact that if you're catching fish very very shallow they are likely spawning right now uh just be you know cautious with those fish let's not put those fish in the live well and drive them around the lake and take selfies with them uh, let's release them immediately if you can if you want to harvest a few harvest the smaller ones those 12 to 15 inches let's let some of those big brooding females go so that we have that self-sustaining population in that lake well i want to thank terry and karen for letting me come in studio and you know i have a lot of fun when I'm in here. It's uh, I get fired up, and you folks can probably hear that. I want to thank Kyle behind the glass for picking me up all day. We've had a great time here in studio. And once again, it is Memorial Day weekend. I want to thank everybody who is serving, who have served us. You are the true heroes. I'm just a knob that likes to fish. So once again, thank you for joining us here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan.